Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London, a church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. Lord, I pray that you just speak through Bruce. Speak with clarity and power, Lord. Just give him freedom and liberty, Lord, to just share that which you've placed on his heart with us. Have your way through him and give us ears to hear, Lord, I pray. Please, Lord, give us ears to hear. No apathy, no lethargy, responsive hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, my brother. Uh, What a blessing it is to be here with you. Um, I've heard about this church for years from friends in Germany, from people in, in England, and uh, they, all, they all boast about you being a loving, God-fearing, God-filled church. So I am so blessed and humbled and honored to share with you today. Today we're going to study um, worship, because that's what I teach about a lot. Worship from God's perspective. What does God think about worship? What is God's attitude towards worship? How is worship happening Right now in heaven. If you knew how God wanted you to worship him, if you could see it in the scripture, would you worship that way? And all of us would probably say, yeah, yeah, we want to do what the Bible says. We, we want to do it God's way. But if you, if you really knew how they're doing it, I mean, would, would we feel comfortable as a congregation to actually operate in obedience to what the scripture has revealed to us? That's a question we'll we'll grapple with throughout this this day. The second question we're going to talk about is worship culturally relative? Is worship culturally relative? I mean, I've been a, a, a Christian a long time and I've been a missionary for for some years now. And I think probably from the first day I got saved, I became a missionary. I mean, I did. I, we went out on the streets and started preaching in a, in a town I'd never lived in before. And I started sharing that Jesus could change your life. Jesus could completely heal you of your brokenness. Jesus could deliver you from all of your addictions. Jesus is the Savior in totality of every part of our being. And I, I, I went out immediately after getting saved and made a fool of myself on the streets because I had no idea what, how to answer, you know, where Cain's wife came from and, you know, what, I, I didn't know how to answer that, but I knew that once I was blind, but now I see. I was saved and I was so stoked to be saved, I wanted to share with someone else. So I think from the day that I got saved, I became a missionary. Hopefully that's your heart too. That you love the world. You love the world around you and your heart is for the lost. Your heart is for this world. Now, in the missionary mindset, I've been told, well, you Westerners are not allowed to go to different countries and bring your culture into that culture. It would be too invasive. It would be too awkward to be able to bring your style of worship into another culture because that's not the way they they do things. But I want to ask you a couple of questions. Actually, I want want you to repeat with me 
the first two lines of the Lord's Prayer. And we can do it in Old King James here because we're like an Old King James kind of reality. This is, this is an Old King James church, right? Don't you think it is? So it says, and repeat it out loud with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's being done in heaven. We just prayed a prayer that we prayed throughout our life. And what we've said is that, God, we want to be ambassadors in this world for you. If you're from a foreign country and you go to another nation, you go representing the, the nature and the customs of your country. I'm an alien in this world. I don't belong here anymore. The second that I got saved, I had citizenship in another nation. I had a passport that was, it wasn't green nor was it red. It, 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 it was pure white, as white as the white can be. My passport is that I'm a citizen of heaven. And God calls me an ambassador in this world. We are ambassadors in this world. And we're supposed to represent our kingdom here in this world. And bring the customs of heaven to this world. Amen? Is this true? I mean, we're supposed to be people that represent an eternal, perfect place that we're all destined to to go there. I mean, it's so cool to worship with you because you're so different than I am. So different. I mean, you're different in color. You're different in some of your actions. But we're brothers and sisters. We're going to worship each with God forever, side by side. We have some people from India, Pakistan. Where, 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 where? South America. Oh, my gosh. Okay. See, we're from a lot of different cultures. And yet in the kingdom of God, we're going to worship the one true God in one way, probably forever. And God's probably going to mix all our cultures together and say, okay, all you guys from California, you know, you can play over in the corner with your guitars, you know, and, 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 and the people from Jamaica are going to be over here doing the dance thing. And, you know, I, I loved it right before the service. The little girls were in the back of the stage while they were rehearsing and they were twirling in the back of the stage. The little girls were doing what comes natural to them, that they're living creatures that are alive and they want to celebrate being alive and having youth and having power and exuberance to express themselves. Today, we're going to learn about being ambassadors of a kingdom that we are all destined to dwell in forever, okay? Um, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 was probably written at 700 years before Christ was born. Isaiah was a prophet uh, to the kingdom of Judah, and he served under four or five different Judean kings. And one year, it says here in Isaiah 6, verse 1, And in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled 
the entire temple. Above him stood the seraphim, and each had six wings, and with two they, they covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another. This is the song they were singing in heaven 700 years before Jesus was born. This is the song that the angels were singing to one another. And they called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. They were worshiping the triune God 800 years before Jesus ever showed up. God the Son was seated in heaven still with God the Father and God the Spirit and they were receiving worship from these angels. Holy, holy, holy. This is, this is a great song to sing. Do you guys love your holy songs? I mean, is there a, is, do you know of a bad holy song? When you start talking about the holiness of God, it's just like, yes, yes, this is true. If we know nothing else, we know God is holy. He's pure. He's absolutely clear in his nature and his love towards us. God is holy. And this is the song they were singing 800 years before Jesus showed up. Now turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. And so the book of Revelation was probably written at around 90 A.D. So this is almost 900 years later. 900 years later. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I've been a worship leader, you know, throughout, throughout most of my career as a Christian. And, you know, as worship leaders, we kind of get bored of our songs. You know, how we, it's just like, we sung this song like, how many times? I'm, I'm kind of tired of this song. I don't want to sing, you know, how great is our God. I'm kind of tired of uh, that song. I mean, it's a great song. I love the song. But, I mean, it's come off my lips about, you know, a thousand times. And, and like, I want something new. But watch. Watch what, watch what happens here. 900 years after the last song was sung, in verse 8, it says, The four living creatures. We've seen these living creatures before. The exact same four living creatures, full of them with six wings, full of eyes around and within, and day and night, they never cease to say, and, and read this with me, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Well, they added a new line after 900 years. We've got a new line. This, this is cool. It's almost like singing a brand new song. Yeah, holy, holy, holy. We're not just singing the old song. We've got a new line to sing. And it's, it's a cool line because it declares Jesus at that time had not become incarnate in the flesh. He was still with the Father, still dwelling in paradise, still, still dwelling as King of kings and Lord of lords in eternity beyond this realm of time. And then Jesus came and became a man and we're going to discover this new song has immense ramifications for us in this world. And whenever, watch what happens. I mean, so boredom isn't an issue in heaven. Anybody glad about that? No, nobody's going to be bored. I mean, we're, we're not going to just go, oh, again, more glory. Ugh. More, more, more kindness. 
more kindness from God? I'm, I'm kind of tired of all the kindness, Lord. Can, can we mix it up a little bit? I mean, we're, we're going to be, yes, life everlasting, constantly being revealed in God's ever, never-ending creative uh, ability to, to reveal his love and his kindness and his glory and the depth of his created, creative power to us. We're just going to be in awe forever. We're not going to get bored. I'm kind of glad about that. I'm easily bored in this flesh, this earth tent, this dirt bag I live in. You know, it's just, it gets bored really easy. And it's like, in heaven, I'm never going to ever say, I've had enough. You and I are ever going to be discovering more and more about the eternal one. Watch what happens here. And they, these people cease not to sing this song. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who's seated on the throne and lives forever and ever. So where are we right now? We're in heaven. Where was Isaiah when he saw that vision? He was in heaven. He saw a, a, a heavenly vision. We're in heaven right now. And this is what they do. Whenever they hear the song, the creatures... Um, Singing this song, the 24 elders, all the, all the mucky mucks on stage, you know. They, these guys are probably dressed in their best dress, you know. They've got crowns on their heads. You know, maybe they're, they're actually in like seats around the throne. I don't know. You know, it doesn't say that they're, they're sitting. But whenever they hear this song, these 24 guys have a common response. Ready? They go down. They go down on their face before the living God. They take their crowns off and they cast them before the Lord. These are people with dignity. These are people with, that are dressed in their best. These are, people, these are elders. These are, these are guys that have everything to lose if somebody thinks they're weird by doing that. I don't know if you guys ever do this, but at church, you know, when everybody's like raising their hand and getting into it, do you ever kind of like, Hey, okay, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, you ever do that? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm the only one in the world that does that, but it's like, well, nobody else is bowing down. I'm not going to do that. You know, nobody else is, is getting excited right now. I'm going to just stay, I'm going to, I'm going to stay dignified. Dignified. I mean, like we have any dignity at all? I mean, we, we put it on like we have dignity, but you know who you really are. I mean, inside we're all like, oh man, I don't even deserve to be here. You know, I, I, I should stay outside and wait for, you know, my wife to come back out, you know. <laughs> don't, don't you love my wife? Isn't she just a sweetheart? My wife is the mother of four boys. My, my four sons are all grown. We have, we have four grandchildren existent right now and three that are on the way. So uh, she's, she, by the end of this year, she'll be a grandmother of seven. Uh, such a beautiful grandmother. <laughs> um, so this is the response of these guys. They cast their crowns before, before the Lord. And you might say, well, well like, what does that do? What, what is the crown they're wearing? What kind of things can we get in heaven? What kind of things can we bring to heaven? They say that, you know, uh, the, the 
clothes that they put dead people in have no pockets. They have no pockets. You know, they look like good suits, but they have no pockets. If you take the, the coat off, you'll have a coat with no pockets. You don't need pockets when, when, when you die because you can't take anything with you. But these guys have crowns on their heads. What are those crowns, I suppose? The book of Daniel seems to indicate that those crowns were given to them because they won souls. They were, they, were, they were crowns of glory that were given to people that actually had love and compassion for this world and went out and shared the love of God with other people. We get treasure in heaven. We know that, right? The, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about treasure in heaven. Store up treasure in heaven. The treasure in heaven that you and I will have is seeing others that we shared the love of Christ with and they're there too. We'll turn around and somebody will say, you know, I heard a sermon of yours when I was eight years old. And, and, and I gave my life to Jesus. And I just want to thank you. And you, you've never met this guy in your life. He was out in the congregation somewhere. And you know, he's, they're, they're, they're just hugging you because, because of what you did, because of your commitment to Jesus, I'm here. That's treasure in heaven, I believe. It's just my opinion. You can... Kind of look it up yourself. Um, so the 24 elders fell down before him who's seated on the throne and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. So the question is, again, if you knew how God liked to be worshipped, would you do it? Yeah. Something I think I'm going to ask you several times in the midst of this, this sermon. And this is what they say. Worthy are you, Lord, our, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you have created everything. And for or by your will or for your pleasure, they exist and were created. We all know we're here because God made us, right? God gifted us with existence. Can you imagine yourself not existing? I mean, it's it's. Impossible even to imagine it because right now God has breathed in every one of you an eternal spirit. You're going to live forever one way or another. You're going to live forever. It's a promise in the Bible. But we exist and these people are in the kingdom of God and they are worshiping God that they are there and they're worshiping the living God. They're not worshiping an outer darkness. They're not, they're not cast outs. They are there in the presence of the living God, the wellspring of everlasting life. And they are worshiping with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, and even with their possessions, whatever possessions we could have in heaven. These guys take it off and throw it before the Lord. And one of the elders, well, there was a problem. I'm going to skip a couple of verses. There was a problem. They, they brought out a scroll and it said that, that, uh, that had seven seals on it and nobody in heaven was worthy to break the seals. And John just was distraught. He was over in the corner. It says that he was weeping violently. I thought there were no tears in heaven. And here's John weeping violently because at this present venture for however they, they set up, Nobody in heaven was worthy to open up this seal, open up this scroll. 
And one of the elders gets up and walks over to John and lays his hand on his shoulder and he says, John, weep no more for behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And John gets excited. He looks around and he says, yes, we're going to. And he, he, someone's worthy to open the seal. And I think he turns around. I think he's going to see Aslan, the lion of the troop of tribe of Judah. There's Aslan. He's, 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 he's good, but he's, he's not safe, you know. <laughs> it, it, this is whom he thinks he's going to see. But who does he see? And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. We're in heaven, right? We're in eternity. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's seated at the right hand of God. John is there in heaven and he sees Jesus as though he had just been slain. When did Jesus die? Everybody says, oh, 2,000 years ago. I was raised a Roman Catholic. I knew all about the, the death of Jesus. I, you know, I, I went through the signs of the cross. You know, I, I did the whole thing. I, I, I was a, an altar boy. I knew all about the death of Christ, but it was something that was historical, something that happened 2,000 years ago, and all the pictures and all the statues in the, in the church were there to make me feel guilty because I put them there. And, and I felt bad about it. I did. I mean, as a little kid, I remember walking around the, the signs of the cross. And, and, and I mean, I remember crying, saying, Jesus, I'm sorry that, that I sinned and I, I put you on the cross. And that was a sincere emotion of, a, of an eight, nine, ten-year-old kid. In the kingdom to come, we think Jesus is just going to be glorified. Jesus is going to be king of kings and lord of lords, the majestic one. But in John's vision of heaven, Jesus looks like a lamb that had just been slain. Jesus didn't die 2,000 years ago. Jesus, the eternal one who died on the cross, died in eternity at that moment. The eternal one died for us. How, how long does crucifixion last for a person that lives forever? How long does, does separation from the Father happen if you're an eternal one? We, we put it in our time, matter, time capsules and we just go, he was only dead for three days. It's okay. It's something he could take. No, Jesus, what, read this with me in Hebrews chapter 9. I'll just read it to you if you don't need to. But if you want to, look it up. Hebrews 9, 13 through 15 talks about this subject. If the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of a defiled person with the ashes of a heifer could sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, who offered himself unto God without blemish, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. 
the eternal one, God the Word, the Logos of God, God the Son, died for you moments ago. The blood of Jesus is still fresh for you. It's not 2,000 years old. We're not trying to tap into something historical. We're tapping into something that just happened in in eternity. Today when we come before the Lord and we ask for forgiveness, the Lord says, yes, this is fresh blood. You are washed from your sins. You are cleansed from your iniquity. I actually choose to forget everything you've ever done. God, the omniscient one that knows all things from all time, chooses to forget your sin. It's like divine Alzheimer's. You know, we're going to go to heaven and we're going to go, but God, I'm so sorry we did this and we did that. And the Lord's going to go, huh? Uh, I don't remember that. But, but, but Lord, remember when, when we did this and this and that? And he just goes, no, I don't. I, don't, I, I forgot that. I chose to forget it. Are you excited about that? Are you excited about the fact that the Lord is not going to put the divine screen up and just have your life, all your bad things ever flashed before everyone in all eternity? Everybody's going to go, oh my gosh, I did that. I mean, it's not going to happen. The Lord says that when we go to heaven, he's going to burn away from us all the dross, all the the hay and stubble. All that's going to be burned away. The only thing we're going to have in the kingdom of God is precious jewels, the essence of Christ in us, the hope of the glory that we were living throughout our whole life. God's going to forget everything that was blemished. No unclean thing is going to enter his presence we are going to be completely pure when we go to the, into the presence of God. No guilt, no manifestation of what we did wrong in our life. God is just going to go, you're cleansed by my blood. You are forgiven. No wonder these guys are falling down. At that point, I'd be saying, God, I'm so happy. I mean, I, I, w- I would be at his, actually, I, I had a vision years and years ago. I was, I was going through a process of dying. I don't know if any of you guys have ever gone through this, but I had a disease. I had a cerebral hemorrhage that attacked my brain, blew it up. I was in a neurology ward, a terminal neurology ward, off and on, for around eight months. Um, I mean, I was dying. The doctor said I had a 3% chance of, of living. And, uh, and, I mean, all the guys around me died. All the guys. I was in a terminal ward with five other guys, and, and they w- would constantly rotate, you know, new people in. And, and I was just waiting for my turn. And there were days where I prayed, God, please let today be the day because I want out of this pain. I hurt so bad. I had a, it was very painful. And then God gave me a vision one day. I, 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 they actually let me out. I went home. I'm sitting in the backyard of my house and by the lake in in. in uh, Oregon, beautiful in the summer. In the summer, <laughs> it's a lot like England on a sunny day. It was, <laughs> it was a be- beautiful day, and I, and I'm sitting there, and God showed me this ladder, kind of like Jacob's ladder, and it was more like a staircase. And I and I climbed up the staircase, and Jesus was at the top, 
and he reached down and he just pulled me up into the kingdom of God. And I remember looking around me and my breath was taken away. I remember just going, (gasps) because everything was alive. There were no twigs on the ground. There was no leaves. There was no uh, broken bottles. There was everything. The the streets moved with, undulated with with life in them. The trees were just glowing and, and praising God with their life within themselves. And I remember falling at Jesus' feet and grabbing his, his feet and just going, Oh God, I'm so grateful. I made it. I didn't think I was going to. And that might be some of you guys. You're not sure if you're going to make it. Well, if Christ dwells within you, you're going to make it. If you've given your heart to Jesus, you're going to make it. If, if your sins have been forgiven, you're going to make it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It isn't like we, we kind of get saved. You're either saved or you're not. You're either called a child of God or you're not. I'm a child of God. Are you? And if you're not, today's a day where you could receive Christ as your Savior. You could become a child of the Father. Today's a day of salvation. Today, right now, the blood of Jesus is fresh for you. And let's say you backslid over the... I mean, and this is something I'm familiar with. I'm I'm a sinner. I'm sorry. I, I, I got bored as a Christian seven years into my walk and I just fell away from the Lord. And, and I remember thinking, oh man, I've blown it so bad, God will never take me back. Who told you that? The devil told you that. Your flesh told you that. Society might tell you that. You're fired and you're never coming back. Well, maybe that happens in this world, but in the kingdom of God, there is everlasting mercy. New mercies are renewed every day. The day. If today you come to Jesus and you say, God, today I need a, 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 a bloodbath. <laughs> I need to be cleansed today. Today's the day when you'll receive a fresh breath of God's presence in your life. Let's just say you're getting a little bored. You're not actually walking in disobedience, but your heart's just kind of getting a little hard. You know? Today's a great day. To let the blood of Christ soften your heart again. Give you a tender heart. Give you a heart that's able to hear the things of the Spirit. <sighs> so um, the elder takes the scroll. And, and, he, and he <clears throat> it says, From the right hand of him was, who was seated on the throne... And when he had taken the throne, we're in verse 7 and verse 8 of Revelation 5. It says, when he had taken the scroll, scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down again. I mean, this is, this is like heavenly calisthenics. You know, they're up and down. Everybody, okay, everybody, everybody, let's get down for the Lord. Uh, let's get up for the Lord. I mean, we could all lose a lot of weight if we did this. <laughs> And it's a, healthy, it's a healthy exercise. These guys fell down again. And they sang a new song. In eternity we got a new song finally. It says, worthy are you. Who are they talking about? 
Jesus, they're talking about Jesus, worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seal for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and nation and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign forever. We should say that again and we should put personal pronouns in there. And we shall reign forever. And I, with Christ, by Christ's grace and by Christ's blood and by his atonement that he's worked in my life, I will reign forever with Jesus Christ. Are you excited about that? Now, I'm not a power freak, but I'm looking at this and I'm just going, well, that's something I don't feel qualified to do. I'm looking at this and just saying, God, you're going to have to equip me to reign forever. I don't know how to do this. But these guys apparently felt a little bit the same way. They fell down again. The the natural response to the revelation of God's love and God's mercy and the power and the worthiness of the Holy One is for us to bow before the Lord, to fall before Him and, and surrender. Don't you love that song we sang earlier, I Surrender? I mean, that is such an awesome song. Maybe, Tim, maybe we could sing that again at the end. I mean, that's an awesome song. And, and again, if you knew this was okay, would you do it? Oh, I don't know. I'm in my best dress. You know, I, I, I'm wearing a suit today. You know, I'm, these, guys, these are guys in heaven. They don't care. I'm, I'm not saying you have to. This is not by any ways, any, by any means, coercion. It's just, it's an option we get. It's one of the wonderful options given us. It's like, okay, do you want to live forever or do you want to be lost? Oh, I want to live forever. You know, do you, do you want to have joy and twirl around on the stage? Or, or do you want to just be bored? I want to be the little kid. I want to be that, that little girl that's twirling around in the, the stage, just giving God her all because she's got life inside of herself. I want to live. I want to have life. I want all that God's got for me. These guys are, are, are proclaiming the death of Jesus. I, th- I thought Jesus had already died. Why are we remembering this in heaven? Because this is important. When we're in heaven and we see Jesus, we're going to see him as a crucified Savior. We're going to know it's Jesus because we're going to see the nail prints in his hand. Forever, God the Son chooses to bear in his own body the marks of the rejection from mankind. He will choose to do that. So these guys are in heaven and they are remembering the death of the Lord. And um, <clears throat> worthy are you to take the scroll, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed us. And you've chosen us out of every tribe and every language. How many languages do we have in this room? Probably a dozen, maybe 20 different languages. He's he's chosen us from around the world. And he said, you're all one family now. You're all in my kingdom. I've chosen you all. I love you right where you're at. And I brought you together. 
And, and, he, and I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the el- elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads and myriads. The, the word myriad simply means a number that is too high to be counted. So many people and thousands and thousands on top of that. <laughs> and they're saying with a loud voice, loud voice. If you don't like loud, you're not going to like heaven. (laughs) Heaven is going to be loud. And praise God, we're going to have new ears. We're going to be able to hack it. We're going to be able to go, yeah, make it louder. I mean, I'm a loud freak. I love loud. When I was a kid, I'd go to the concerts and they'd have the, the huge stacks on the stage and I would sit right in front of them. You know, I just, yeah. I mean, my hair would be going out like this. I liked loud. But today I am almost deaf because of that. So now I need it even louder. (laughs) But it's going to be loud in heaven. And we're going to love it. It says that the the, the voices of of the worship that's in heaven is going to sound like the, the sound of a mighty rushing waterfall. It's going to be so loud. And it's going to be palatable. We're going to be able to feel it. I I don't know about you, but that's one of the reasons why I like loud, because I can feel it. We used to go to these jet uh, things, watch watch the Navy jets take off in San Diego, and I love being on the tarmac when these F-18s, I mean, just took off right in front of you. It was like you could feel it back here. I mean, it was just blasting through you. The kingdom of God is going to be something that is not boring. It's going to be loud. It's going to be festive. It's going to be big. We're going to be worshiping in a big way. Big way. Loud voices. And this is what they're saying. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Why do I like to teach worship words? So that in between the songs, we can all break out spontaneously saying these kind of sentences. Because you know that's who God is. Why do we read our Bible? To get it deep inside of us. So when it comes time to worship, we'll be able to say, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep me into the day. I know who God is, and I can actually tell you. I can boast in the Lord verbally. These guys have lists that they're going through, and they're not just lists. They're checking off names. Every single one of these sentences means something to them. It's precious to them. It's jewels in their bags. They're just saying, "This this is who I'm worshiping. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and under the sea and all. How many people are are doing this? Everyone saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And then what happened? (laughs) What happened next? What what was to be expected? And then the four living creatures said, Amen! And they fell down and worshipped. Let's do it again. 
Let's do it again. Let's don't just do it once. Let's don't do it twice. Let's do it every time praise rises up to God. Let's express ourselves. Now, again, this is just one of the options. We, we can do it by, by standing and raising our hands. We can do it by waving our flags in the back. back. Bless that lady for, for doing that, that sister for doing that. I mean, we can do it however God moves on you. But is he moving on you? I mean, don't, don't wait till you get to heaven to let God move on you. Let him move on you here in this world. Let him, let, let him like, stir up some emotion inside of you. What, wait, 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 wait. We, we don't walk by emotion. No, you don't walk by emotion. You walk by faith. But faith produces in you emotion, especially when you're winning. Faith, faith produces emotion in you. God said in, in, in Deuteronomy, he says, I want you guys, you Jewish people, you people that are being under the, 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 the lordship of, of God, that's what an Israelite, a true Israelite is. All of you guys Israelites here? People, people, a true Israelite. Someone that is governed by God. That's what the word means. Someone who's governed by God. I want you guys to worship me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Does that leave any of us out? Any, any of us? Any part of us out? Well, sometimes... I mean, this church is, is amazingly free. Amazingly free. I, I preach all over Europe. I preach all over the world. And this church is cool. <laughs> you, you guys seem to get it. You seem to know that emotions have a place in worship. It's not that that's what your goal is. And if you leave and you just go, I didn't, get, I didn't feel anything today. God must not have been there. No, it just meant you were going through a bad day. That's all it means. It doesn't mean, you know, that, that God doesn't love you any less or any more. It's just, but when it happens, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I, I've been married to my wife this year 40 years. 40 years. After 40 years, it, she still likes it when I do some things for her. She really does. I mean, I don't need to. We're married. I mean, we've been married. I've got a track record. <laughs> I got a track record with this woman. I don't, need, I don't need to have any emotion in this anymore, right? Not. I mean, it would be nice if we actually once in a while said, you know, honey, I really love you. I mean, I, I mean it. You know, and I'm going to show it somehow. And I don't do it nearly as much as I ought to. I'm sorry, hon. I don't. And, and many of you guys probably don't either. But bless you if you do. You are, you are a blessed man because I, I heard a, a Christian comedian say before, if you have a happy wife, you have a happy life. <laughs> and all the women said, all right, listen to it, guys. Yes. Okay, so if you knew how God wanted you to worship him, how would you do it? However God moves on your heart, if that includes Bowing? Do it. Is the pastor going to forbid it? No. He's not going to forbid it. He didn't say, no, don't do it. He said, no, I'm not going to forbid it. The, the pastor doesn't forbid the lady with the, 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 the whack flags. You know, actually, she said, he loves it. He brought the flags out for me. It's true. And that doesn't mean we all need to get wacky and, 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 and come up here and just draw attention to ourselves. But we should, 
That doesn't mean that that's what that means, okay? We should express ourselves to God as God moves on us to do. That's what God wants us to do. Just be real with him. Just be who we are and say, God, what can I bring to you? What can I give to you? You know, worship service, what we're doing right here, we're coming to give more than we're coming to get. Worship means to give, not just to get. I used to love, I I went to Liberia, West Africa, and I used to love their worship service, especially during the offering time. I love the offering time because every single person in church would come forward. Not one person would remain in their seat. And there was a basket in the front. And this was a poor, poor church. And some people would just, and they'd all, they danced forward. They, They did the thing, and I mean, Here's Mr. White Guy from California. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. I said, nobody's watching. I'm going to get in there and do it too, you know. So I'll be a little little uncoordinated, but nobody cares. Nobody cares if if I can't dance. They probably were laughing, watching me do it. Look, isn't he cute, you know. (laughs) And... And some of the people are coming up and they, seriously, all they had to give was a handful of rice and they'd put it in the basket. Some people were so poor they couldn't give a handful of rice. They would simply write a prayer down and they'd put that in the basket, but they came to give. That's what worship's all about. These guys in heaven are giving to God because God has given us everything. He's worthy to be, be praised because Everything that we have has been given to us by God. There's nothing good in us that hasn't been given to us by God. And we are called by the Spirit to give it back. To bow down and cast our crowns and say, God, anything good in me is a gift from you first. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my strength. I give you my emotions. I give you my expression of praise because you are worthy. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, this exciting scene in heaven, Lord. I thank you that in heaven it is not a, uh, a dull time, Lord. It's a festive time. It's a time where you will be exalted. God, that each one of us here in this room, we will worship side by side and we will fall before you and we will cast our crowns, God, and we will extol you, the living God. Let's have the worship guys come up. Yeah, here we go. Lord, we, we, we pray that you would, Lord, cause, move in our hearts, Lord. Stir up in us. Stir up in us commitment to you, Lord. Help us for any, time, any way in our life that we are compromising, God, help us to, to be dedicated, to be set aside, truly to, to deserve the name saint, Lord. It's something you've done already in us, Lord. Help us just to walk in your power, Lord. And I know that there are people in this room that don't feel that excited about what's happening in this word. Somehow you feel disqualified. I just want to encourage you
to relax and let the Spirit of God invade you again. If you've never received Jesus, ever, I want you to just relax and give up. Why, why are you fighting the love of God? He loves you so much. If you're feeling condemned, guilt-ridden at all, know that the blood of Jesus right now is new for you. You are forgiven in the name of Jesus by the blood that he shed on the cross. You're forgiven. Forgive yourself. Just let God become your first love again. I'm just going to give you a few minutes to wait on the Lord as we begin to worship in a second. To find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.